0: Would you like to learn about the perspectives and experiences of an international global head of compliance and data privacy? Let's do that together with Deepa. She's the global head of compliance and data privacy at Sonova in Switzerland. Deepa's job as a compliance officer both at Sonova and other organizations in the past involves establishing ethical standards and integrity platforms in large organizations. Ethic has been her unwavering North Star and one which has helped her to establish herself as a strong leader during critical path in her careers. Deepa's passions include digital ethics, whistleblower protection and diversity and inclusion. Deepa is an Indian and has lived and worked in Singapore and Switzerland for the past 23 years. She's a lawyer and holds a master in business law, a master in information science and is a qualified privacy professional. I'm glad to have her here today.
1: Corporate integrity, fraud, non compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternerman talks in her podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters, to leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you.
0: Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, a business professional, a corporate integrity counsel, or on your way there. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact, founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts and the Corporate Integrity Academy with its leadership circle, with the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation, and actionability. Yours and the one of your organizations. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. Now listen to the perspective Deepa brings in today. A deep welcome to you, Deepa. I was looking forward to meet you again. Unfortunately, still virtually because we are in the middle of the pandemic. I hope it's going to be end soon, but now we do it. Even though we are so close, we both live in the same canton of Switzerland. So it's a pleasure to have you here in the podcast because when we met, I think it's about 3 years ago, we were having the ACFE training the boot camp and um I think it it really matched from the first day when we had the conversation. So thank you for having you here. We already heard that you are the global head of compli- compliance and data privacy at Sonova. And now I would like to give you the floor that you can share also your experience in the field of corporate integrity and what it means to you. So it's up to you. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Hey, thank you, Sonia. First of all, thanks for this invite, and it's indeed an honor and pleasure to be here uh, in your platform, Um, you know, talking to someone I look up to uh, very, very much as a women leader and as as a Uh, as a person of integrity itself. So, you know, uh, from many facets, I've always admired you. So thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity. Um, uh, To the question of, you know, what does corporate integrity uh, mean to me or uh, how how does that uh, apply to me? Um, You know, I've gone through this facet of corporate integrity in every way right from setting it up in corporations, um, uh, understanding what are the elements of corporate integrity um, which suits the day to today because that is a, a changing game. It's a changing beast. The beast is different every day um, And um, to to the other end to the receiving end of corporate integrity, where you are at uh, you know at a point where you think, who will take care of me now? So uh, you know, I I I have gone through that entire spectrum of
0: things. Wow! So uh, it it's been an interesting journey. So would you like to talk about that? You know, I think especially the one when you thought, "Who takes care on me right now?" Or is it too? You know, too, you are all. I think it would be interesting also for our listeners to to hear from someone who went through that and maybe also the listeners which never experienced it and especially also the ones who should take care
1: well you know this is this is not just for me but i think every uh, every person um, this is probably the world order right nobody likes to be questioned nobody likes to be challenged and when it comes really close to uh, the uh, the top leaders uh, questioning is not something that is welcome. So um, at that end, I think I probably resonate the feelings of many others in the industry or uh, in in the world. Um, I mean, t- t- take the 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 case of uh, all the other whistleblowers uh, that we know of. Uh, it's it's always been a very difficult journey. For them, mm-hmm. so um, I think it is not just for me, but for anyone uh, who who would raise such a voice uh, to feel safe anymore, uh, yeah. because then you start thinking if you are you having the cloud of you know whatever your title, your 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 uh, protection uh, or the immunity that comes with your title. Um, feels unsafe and insecure.
0: But does it also mean, you know, this immunity of a title? So because at the moment when that happened to you, you already reached a very high level within the organizations. That's my understanding. Uh, again, the,
1: your title is never an immunity. Absolutely. Uh, as far yeah. as, uh, you know, standing up and speaking up, speaking, uh, and also, integrity and values are concerned. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think that is something very unique to this world where you, you, if you want to stand up for your values, you have to know that it comes at a cost. Yeah. And, uh, and unless you have that conviction that I have to live my values, uh, you cannot do a certain job. So I think it comes with the territory. That, uh, you know, uh, when, when, you are, when you are standing up for a set of values, you also have to demonstrate it at any cost. So that is that, 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 that kind of probably gave me the strength to go through uh, whatever I went through. Um, but having said that, um, it only helped me to understand what corporations need to do better uh, you know where I can make a difference uh, for any other organization or for the world uh, in ensuring that people who stand up for their values, who stand up for the larger cause, uh, need to be not just protected because probably people don't need so much protection, but need to be heard in the first place and need to be celebrated all the more.
0: Absolutely, and that's also what we see or what I see when I'm out of the client and I, I in in contact with all these whistleblowers or people speaking up, you know, I think it's sometimes it's also difficult when we just use the the, um, the term whistleblower because that's another box, you know. But I think it's very important that people speak up, you know, no matter what it costs. But on the other hand, people have to be supported to do that, you know. And that's what what I think it's often not the case because there is no support within the organizations, and often they don't even know to whom may I speak to get that support to take care on that I can really go through that journey. I don't know what your experience was on that, but how did you feel? You already said you felt to whom may I talk maybe. I'm not sure. So I think it must have been very, very hard for you just feeling lonely at that moment
1: you're right and that's consciously why i was trying to avoid the word whistleblower because yep. it's got it comes with a connotation to it and uh you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't use the word um, uh, without uh without being very sure about why i'm using it so um no it i think it is all about standing up for one's values that's it's as simple as that you know mm-hmm. whatever that value is as i'm constantly uh, reflecting values are something that comes with your your upbringing, your culture, your background, your experiences in life,
0: right? Nevertheless, I think also people with that strength need to be protected. And I think they need to be heard. And it would also be interesting for, for us to to, see, to hear your perspective now on what should be done differently and especially also on board level because often the head of compliance is not part of the management board, which is for me, yeah, sometimes it's a risk. And also this this kind of dotted lines we have from the audit or risk committee to the compliance officer, it is written on a paper, but often it's not left. So all these informal organizational behaviors are are often killing the information um, how it's going to be informed, how we are going to be informed. It's not transparent enough. That's what what I also see sitting in different boards. And I said, hey, it's nice that we have it, but it doesn't work. So we have to make sure that it really works. And the compliance officers, which which have to um, speak up, that they have that also protected line of information to the people they need.
1: Right. I mean, you know, as far as sitting at the table is concerned, um, the compliance officer gets to sit at the table of the management board in several American companies, uh, especially if they are pharma or uh, a healthcare uh, focus, right, because of the uh, ethical uh, issues that arises out of testing medicines and and, uh, adverse effects of medicines, et cetera. So there, there is a lot of voice. Again, why is that so? It's because of the direct effect of uh, not having those leaders uh, at the right place so that, you know, the the bottom line uh, is not affected. So every time uh, the bottom line is affected, that's when uh, the compliance or other functions get in, uh, get a place on the table.
0: Fully agree. Uh, Fully I, agree. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> so that is, again, you know, going back to our discussion of what is the value of, uh, what does the value, uh, oh, sorry, what, what value does compliance or integrity bring to the table um, is the question, Right. So, every company looks at it differently. The definition of integrity is understood differently. So, if it is understood in a way that it has an effect on the bottom line, definitely compliance is going to be uh, part of that uh, discussion, or integrity is going to be part of that discussion. But in most cases, it's not, or it's not seen today as, uh, as bringing some value to the bottom line. But things are changing, things are changing so fast. That we are moving away, you know, the the world is shifting, the world of integrity has started started to move from human values, just values in general, as how we understand, to digital values, right? So there you will have a difference to the bottom line. So probably, and I'm still hopeful, that the day is very near where compliance is going to make a lot of difference uh, to the bottom line.
0: Absolutely. And not only when it comes to digital ethics or digital integrity, for example, but also when we talk about all these ESG goals, we have the SDG goals and everything, you know, now it really affects and impacts our bottom line. And before it was just some kind of diffuse term nobody wanted or was able to understand. And as you said, it was really also the the understanding was so different because what is a set of value? What does integrity mean to us? But we also have... It's also what I say we have individual integrity, we have a team integrity and we have business integrity. and it's not just summing up we have to talk about it. what does it mean to us? and it also goes back to the purposes and strategy of each single organization we have here.
1: So absolutely, absolutely. and I think that's that's well put that uh, you know we the, the, the shift is not just coming from um, you know, the, the digital aspects or the ethical aspects of it, but also from the investor politics that is happening. Mm-hmm. The investor politics is kind of pushing uh, the companies to do the right thing in the right way, right? So the, there's, all, as I said, when it is affecting the bottom line, uh, that's when companies will sit up. So the investor politics is a very large movement that is now helping uh, establish compliance as a t- completely different beast. So I, I think, uh, as I said, I, I'm very, very hopeful, um, and I'm very convinced that uh, the, it's not too far away where uh, integrity or the compliance function will be heard a lot more, and that, and that we will get the required recognition and the immunity uh, for saying the right things uh, when we, when we have to call it out.
0: Absolutely. That's also what. That's also what I think, you know. And I think it took a while. It took more than twenty-five or thirty years, right now, because I I remember when we first started talking about ESG. It, it's it's a long time ago, and it was just too early, and also compliance. You know, it was the business compliance and for most of the people it was always it was always just a burden but at the end it really protects our assets our shareholders our stakeholders so everything so whatever we established over the over the last years it needs to be protected and that's what i think or that's just my i'm so convinced it's really integrity and m- making the right things also for our society you know
1: for our world yeah for the planet earth for our future, for our children, for our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And uh, which other function can, you know, sit up and say, hey, I'm making a difference to the world. This Mm -hmm. is the only function in my opinion. And I feel so proud of uh, being part of that.
0: Yeah, me too. And you know, that's also, I think for me, it's um, compliance or integrity is much more than just compliance because integrity is a mindset and you need to have the right individuals on board or in the team to achieve that
1: integrity as as as, as we uh, discussed a bit earlier integrity has moved away from a rule based uh you know compliance uh to a lot more value-based uh compliance or integrity is how mm-hmm. we call it or ethics as, as how we call it a couple of years ago uh you know so it, it's a it's a shifting puzzle piece i don't know what we will be called in the next five to ten years maybe we'll be called, called something completely different uh maybe uh you know uh, planet savers who knows <laughs> but uh you know it, it has indeed it has indeed uh shifted its focus from a completely rule-based to a more uh ethics based to a more behavioral based mm-hmm. uh to a more um, you know digital technology based so it's 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 shaping it's moving and it's all the only thread along all of this journey is doing the right thing doing the right thing in the for the long run not doing the right thing for the short run so that's the only thread
0: and here we are exactly at another point you know when we talk about short term and long term you know i think also how we are going to incentivize our people it needs to be in the long run. And what I often see also in different corporations, it's still another mindset, you know, and we have the principal and agent um, issues. We could also talk about for the next few hours, you know, what it really means. And I think here we also, it's a shift which already started and there are a lot of companies taking care of it. Other ones are not yet there, but I think we all can contribute on that. And the more more we talk about it, the more obvious it's going to be. I think also integrity needs to have a voice. And so that's the reason why I also highly appreciate that we talk about that here right now, because I think also boards have to waken up and say, hey, it's not just digital. It's an integrated, holistic approach, and um, which is integrity and value driven and nothing else. So what is your wish? If you could have some wishes to the boards, what would you wish you for the future from the boards, supervisory boards, and also management boards?
1: Well, uh, as I said, that will come and Mm then that's inevitable because of not just investor politics, as we just discussed, but also the Gen Zs. The Gen Zs, as they are entering into the workforce, they are changing the way boards and management boards and all managers uh, think and react, right? They have the power of the social media. They have the power of you know, platforms, they have the power of the word. So we had the power of when we were growing up, they said the power of the pen, Uh, but they've moved away from the power of the pen to the power of the word, you know, one tweet can bring down your company. So in a way, the board and the management board are uh, probably, uh, you know, it would do do them good. And I think that they are, uh, when I see, uh, you know, when I when I sit back and reflect on how the board mindset is also shifting towards that uh, or gearing up towards that uh, need is to see that we highlight these as perks. Yep. And not just as, you know, oh, this is a good to have value in a little code of conduct uh, where we say, this is how we live. It's in a piece of paper, but no, this needs to be a perk, or this is already a perk. I mean, I don't know if you, um, you know, if uh, if uh, if you've um, uh, read about this uh, recent news article about an employer in the U.S. who offered basic dignity as an incentive to the new hires. So he goes out and he, you know, uh, leaves a, a job ad to say, "Hey, in return, uh, you know, for your application." Uh, What I offer you is basic dignity.
0: Wow. Yeah. So it's changing. uh, It's definitely changing. It's (laughs) changing.
1: Can you believe it? If you, I mean, you know, the Gen Z says, you don't treat me well if if there is no dignity. If you're not doing the right thing, uh, I don't want to be part of this journey.
0: And that's also what I think, you know, it's not, if you, if we want to have the right talent or the right crew, we have to live it it's not just a piece of paper and that's also what i see you know code of conduct most of the organizations still have an issue that people do not understand what's written there so you don't need to have 12 pages you just need to have the right ones the core the cornerstones of your values and how we should behave and how we want to behave on our world to be set and if it's not understood by the team they are not good enough you know and it doesn't matter who, what kind of highly paid agency did it. It's needs, it needs to be done from the bottom of the heart, because otherwise we are not going to survive the next five to ten years as a business owner. You know, and also large corporations face that right now because we have so many cases. Looking back at Wirecard, for example, we also have some other cases out there, and we will have the next ones coming. They are just lining up right now, and I think that's exactly what's going to to uh to change our world and our behavior it takes it takes a while i think it's not going to be done within the next few years but it takes another few generations to do so and um, it's great to have you in that tribe of supporting it and speaking up so yeah
1: thank you i mean i think that is fantastic uh it's a fantastic journey in the last 20 years when compliance started right mm-hmm. as as a, as, as a fallout of the Watergate, uh, sorry, uh, as a fallout of the, uh, the, 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 Enron. the whole uh, endron uh, situation. Uh, that's where it all began. Uh, it started there uh, where it started, you know, as looking at rule-based checking, saying, hey, so they, they were the, the police, the records police at that point mm-hmm. to being the more moral police today. And probably the sustainability police tomorrow, and um, you know, hopefully the the planet uh, Earth police uh, for for the generations to come. So I, I I see that this is going to be a this, this is one of the most uh, um, you know drastic changes that a function has probably seen. Uh, In its entirety. So uh, that way, I think more power to all the compliance managers or the integrity managers, as they are called in some companies, they call the ethics managers as Mm -hmm. well. So more power to them. And uh, I I hope that, uh, you know, we are all able to stand up for the values, not just that is close to our hearts, but also reflecting what the Gen Z's need, what the planet Earth needs and what, uh, you know, what the the community in general needs. I mean, we are reflecting every, every aspect of it, diversity and inclusion. I mean, look at what's happening in the world with the, uh, with, with the, uh, you know, black life matters uh, discussion. It's not just black life. It's not just white no. life. It's not just Brown life. It's, it's everyone. It's, it's the world belongs to us. Right. So integrity, or oh, sorry, uh, d- d- uh, diversity should not be just boxed in, skin colors, diversity is everything, Absolutely, right? diversity <laughs> is in every way, in, in, in gender, in, in, uh, in, in sexual preferences, in, uh, uh, in skin colors, in, uh, in, in, in body shaming, uh, right? I mean, uh, fitting into a size zero dress for a woman versus, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 in every way, diversity, that should be, that should be the mantra.
0: That Absolutely, and you know, I just when you said we are not when you you came up with the Enron cases and everything, so just one question: So when did you have your first case of non-compliance? Do you remember it? Because I I remember my one. It was in 1992. So it turns now it turns to be 30 years ago when I had the first one, and I was so upset that that's not how we have to behave. And I was I was part of a team, and I said, Hey, how do I deal with that right now? So when, when was your first case? Uh,
1: when was my first case? Actually, I don't even remember when exactly my first case was, but uh, the one I vividly remember was in 2006. That was the first case that I remember vividly, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, that was another uh Those were other days where we were more doing rule based, you know, ticking the box. Where we are saying, okay, I do have these papers. I see that these have been signed off, that there has been an approval process, so everything is okay. Yeah, (laughs) the the way we conducted investigations those days was, uh, if you look at, the sit back, it's completely different. There is no, there was no science attached to it. There's a lot more science today, I think.
0: And I'm also, I don't know if you look ahead and say, hey, what what's going on in twenty years, you know, with all these rapid shifts we have right now and transformations, also from a business model wise. And what I often see, you know, we are changing and also what we experienced over the last um eighteen months now within in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I think we the adaptability also, to our values or to to keep the values, even though we have to adapt. I think it's a challenge for a lot of organizations, but also for individuals, because they really have to stick and think about their own values. And how can I bring them in again and speak up if we are not following through? I think it's also going to be another challenge we will face. And we need to support um, the ones who would like to speak up and make sure that we are role models. So if you could tell the young deeper as a mentor what would you tell her the young deepa 20 years ago is there anything you would like to tell her or give her on on her path
1: i would i would tell her a lot of things because i think i'm a lot more wiser but hindsight is never that helpful sometimes but um, the one thing that i would tell myself is keep your courage and never waver from that, because if you start wavering from your value system, you would you would not be able to identify yourself anymore, right? That's so very nice, yeah. N- never waver from that. steel. I always feel this in, within me that I have this iron rod as a backbone. So never let go of that. Stand up straight and say, "I did it because that was the right thing to do." Because once you have that conviction, nothing in the world can shake you. Mm-hmm. But you should be right to do that. If if ever you're doubting, if you if I'm doing this for something else, for a bigger gain, or you know, for for a for a betterment, or you're adjusting, you're falling in place, or you're then you've lost the game. And a, a you know compliance officer can never be that. You can the one quality that is required, and and I loved what you said, Sonia, it you know, if you are a compliance officer or an integrity officer, the one thing that you absolutely need is your own integrity. Mm-hmm. You cannot be an integrity officer if you are wavering from the integrity values.
0: You know what? I think, thank you very much for these words. I think it's really, it's it's a great, also great, great closing here right now. And what you are saying about the integrity officer or compliance officer, I think everybody should be or should have that high level of integrity. That's just what I would like to have for our world, you know, not only the compliance officers, because that's not enough to make the world a better place and a a place with integrity and inclusiveness. And that's what we need to have. So all leaders need such a, that's my expectation or my wish, all leaders need to have a very high set of integrity. But hearing you, and thank you very much for the last minute spending together with with our listeners, I think you are a real role model. So thank you very much, Deepa. And that's exactly what I knew already before. And it's so great that you had the time to spend it with us, and also to share your insights and especially your path—it's just—it's amazing. And um, yeah, thank, thank you thank very, so much, much,
1: Sonia. I feel humbled uh, to be on this platform and be called uh, a leader or a role model in this in this space. But uh, I think there were there were several who walked this path, and uh, we're just—I'm just learning from all those who walked ahead of me. Uh, and I want to lead the others who are walking behind me into a similar world, a world for the better.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you, Sonia. This was the episode number 28 of the Human Factor Corporate Integrity Matters, following the motto Corporate Integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonia Stiernemann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable, and a role model. Take care and goodbye. Would you like to learn more, meet peers, and get qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring, and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with the relevant information. And your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered, promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. That's it from my side. I thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernemann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye.